0: That's B-O-D-I dot com. Real Moms of Bravo. Real real, real Moms of
1: Bravo. Real Moms of Bravo. Real Moms
2: of Bravo. Bravo. Woohoo! We are back. We have a packed agenda. Like, I'm so excited to have more than two shows to talk about. And I think we should just dive right into Southern Charm, which we just watched last night, Thursday night. And... I got to say, I love Taylor, but I still can't stand Shep. He is a shit stirrer, like no other.
1: He's a shit disturber. There's no accountability. He's just, he's punchable. Like, you know those people who have a punchable face? Shep has become one of those people to me. It doesn't matter what he says. He could say, I love babies and I still would want to, like, find something I don't like about him and want to punch his face. But I'm like, dude, you totally did that on purpose. Like, there's no mistake in that.
2: And he even said I could have stayed out of it more, but I didn't. I think more happened than what we saw on TV because immediately in the next morning, his girlfriend Taylor was talking to his dog Craig, not Craig, Craig. It's kind of confusing. It's it was like weird. Talking. <laughs> it's very weird. When all three of them were there, he's like, "Good boy, Craig." I'm like, "This is this is borderline, like bizarre." But she was saying Craig's a good boy, and then looked at him, and he's like, "I was not." So like, I think more happened. I also think he purposely invited Peter to let all this get out he like it just bugs me that he wants to bring madison down and i feel like it's just because she has like she's had a past she's had sex with other guys austin had a fucking threesome and like he's crying like they're almost like crying because she had sex with a guy when they were broken up named peter like and now he's found somebody it's like that is life like if i went back and like walked into a room and saw an ex with somebody else i wouldn't be like oh my god this is terrible like I would hope we both have moved on from it. And it seems like both Madison and Peter have. And it was a one-night stand. Like, I just feel like this is so dramatic.
1: I feel like there's something about men get so threatened by women owning their sexuality. Like, there's – I mean, you and I joke – jokingly, like, wish we were a little slutty. But, like, you know what? Let her. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like it doesn't impact your life. She's a grown woman. She knows what she's doing women like to have sex too. Like let her get hers. I just don't understand why it's even like a conversation. I, I will say it is, it was awkward that Austin didn't know, but again, they were broken up. And I don't know why, if you're trying to reconcile with someone, why you would want to be like, Hey, just so you know, I slept with yeah. someone
2: like here, let me write everyone down on a list and tell me who pisses you off. No one does that. Like I I don't know. I don't think Madison was in the wrong at all. And I was getting so mad, like watching her cry because Austin kind of stormed out of her house into the backyard. And it's just like, I don't know. Austin slept with other girls too. Does she get pissed when she sees Chelsea? Like in past seasons, like Austin, I'm sure had sex with Chelsea. They were dating for a while. Like I I didn't see her acting like that. I just feel like it's so like unfair to like, like you said, almost like slut shame her, which she wasn't even slutty. They both Peter and Madison were single. They had a one night stand, and they moved on. Like I just, it's I can't. I it like makes me so mad the way she's being treated. It's it's pretty annoying, but thankfully she's not
1: someone to back down from it. And yes, that's a part of Madison I do enjoy. She is a spitfire and will dish it right back. Like she doesn't really hold back, and she'll call you out on your shit.
2: And also, I will say. I'm really glad she's now with Austin. I don't know if anyone's been following her on Instagram, but she works out like crazy. She eats like perfect. And her body is banging. Like Madison looks so good. And Austin looks like the Muppet, like you said. And I'm so glad she's not with him. Like, I just like and watching this, I'm like, Madison, girl, I'm so glad you guys broke up. I really hope she isn't with Pringle, though. I hope she is like found a like successful adult, like mature man. And I don't mean like old, just like not a Shep Charleston Peter Pan boy. Thousand percent. Well, you know what couple I
1: think ultimately deserves each other is Catherine and Thomas. Oh my God. The fact that they hooked up.
2: Yeah. She basically has been I I feel like I can't trust anything out of her mouth. And I never I like look back and I was like, she fooled us all for a while. And I think about the whole Cameron thing, and she was basically just like without admitting it, basically admitted that she completely made it up because she felt like Cameron tried to ruin her family for five years.
1: It's just there. Thomas and Catherine are both messy ass people who just deserve each other. Honestly. I mean, he's done horrible things to her. She's done some more. It's just bad. (laughs)
2: Like this sounds terrible. But when I saw the preview where she's like, Thomas got a girl pregnant and she's having the baby. I'm like, good. Good. Like you need to realize that he's horrible and you are headed down that same path. Like you are no better than him right now. I hope it's a wake up call for her. Like I just like, and I felt bad feeling that way, but my first reaction was like, good. Catherine needs to know this.
1: Oh, for sure. I think she's someone clearly, I mean, she's on a reality TV show, but she thrives in the drama. Like she's one of those people who likes the chaos around her. I yeah.
2: Feel. Well, it's a tension. I think, She's someone who likes attention one way or another, good or bad. It's just she likes – she enjoys that. So I don't know. I, like, really – I don't think I'm going to like Catherine at all this season because I just feel like we haven't even gotten to the racist part yet. like, I don't like her, and we are two episodes in, and the worst of it is still coming.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I have to say, as we continue to talk about the rest of this episode, I – we said this last week with our guest, Taria – I don't know how I'm going to feel about this season. <laughs> like, The first episode, I was like, okay, all right. And then going into this one, I'm like, all right, like, okay. I, I don't know. It's, it's very strange. We I need want to more, see
2: more Lava. I was I, just going to say, I, we need more Lava.
1: I would like to see more of her and maybe we're going to get that. But I just – and I like – she's at such a different life stage than the rest of the cast – I feel – and I know Cameron was kind of like that too, but you saw her kind of distance herself because of that. It's I just – I don't know. And I mean Madison and Pringle, they have kids too, but they're single. I don't know. There's just a lot. Well, here's something I feel with, like a yeah.
2: Leva has two kids that live with her. She's married. Uh, she's just a little bit like – she's more mature. She also just has a bigger awareness. I mean she talked about being – kind of one of the only biracial couples in Charleston, which I know she's not the only, but I doubt there's that many. So when she goes out, she felt a lot of eyes on her when they first started dating. Um, I mean, she herself isn't just like a white <clears throat> blonde girl, which is what we see a lot in Charleston. I'm looking at the cast in the past and just, you know, you look around at the party and it was a lot of just white blonde women. So she stands out and I think she just has a different experience. I don't know if she's going to be able to connect with everyone. Like, I think she was friends with them because of Cam. I I think her and Craig, it seems like they actually are close. But I don't know if she's really that close with Shep or Catherine or Austin or any of the others. No,
1: not at all. So it's just – and she also seems like, to me, someone who – I wouldn't want to say, like, above the drama. But yeah,
2: I just don't is. see
1: – I don't know. It's It's very confusing. It's yeah. – It's very, very confusing, but I do like her and I like that she's, you know, in a mixed race relationship and I love everything that she's bringing to the table. I just almost wish she had like another, I don't want to say an ally because that sounds, that's not the right words, but like a buddy.
2: I mean, she almost needs Cam to be a friend of and transition off the show to let love shine. Like, I agree. She needs somebody else bringing her in that isn't Craig. Because really the only time we've seen her, well, we saw her at the party a little bit, but was with Craig. Like Craig went up to her, talked to her, was telling him, telling her about the rumor he had heard and all that. I just, I don't know. Like I think, yeah, she needs more than a Craig. And she is hosting a party in the next episode. So maybe we'll see that she is friends with, really is friends with Danny. Or um, she really is friends with that girl from the. Boutique that has like the dark hair with the kind of the cool gray streaks. Yeah, there. who
1: used to be really good friends with
2: Catherine. Yes, yes. The um Gwen's person. Gwen. Yes, yes, that person. So I mean, like maybe she really is good friends with some of these people, and we're gonna start seeing it. They're you know, it's playing out a little bit slower, so it's a little bit more organic, but I agree. Like Cameron like narrated every show, it felt like. Like in the beginning, we had like Cameron's point of view. She just always seemed like the voice of reason, and they haven't given Leva that role yet. And I'm I'm hoping they do soon. But uh, I mean, the only other thing that really stood out to I me, mean, I love – and we posted about this today. We made like a funny little kind of like meme picture of the odd couple. I really like Austin and Craig living together. I don't want Craig to move out.
1: Sadly, he eventually does. Yes. And I mean, he has to. But. He has to. No, it's it's fun watching their dynamic. Their Instagram lives were entertaining. They bicker. They love each other. They just have a, an enjoyable – relationship to watch.
2: Yes. I, I just really enjoy them. I don't know. It seems like they're genuinely friends. Uh and I don't know. It's it's nice to watch. It's funny. I feel like at times they're kind of the humor that the show needs. So um but yeah I mean verdict's still out. We haven't really decided if we love Southern Charm. We're obviously going to keep covering it. I mean we watch shows even when we don't like them, which leads right into Orange County. I I'm really not liking this season.
1: Um yeah <laughs> I you you've coined this term but I feel like I'm hate watching (laughs) yeah I am watching you know we've said it before and you probably listening know what we're gonna say but yes we are have a friendship with Bronwyn so obviously we're biased and supportive in that regard but aside from that I'm not really into it and I appreciate her authenticity and being real with the sober journey that she's going on but it is not an easy watch it's not a fun watch A lot of the reason why we watch Housewives is a form of escapism to watch women bicker over dumb things so we can watch mindless TV and forget about our everyday problems. But this is definitely heavy, and none of the women are really that likable.
2: I mean, yeah. It was hard to watch. I kept wondering, like, Bronwyn, why did you go to this party? Like, I just kept thinking, like, leave – When the whole blow-up happened, I think she should have just gone home. She later said in an interview she wished she wouldn't have gone. It it was just – it's hard to watch. It's really sad. I feel like I'm watching somebody really at rock bottom trying to build themselves up, and no one's really helping her. It's like everyone was so worried. I know you made a note about this. Like Everyone's so worried about a freaking glass in a pool. No one's like – Hey, our friend just said she's been sober for 30 days. That's more than just like I'm taking a break for a week. Like something's going on and she's sobbing, but everyone's talking about the glass in the pool.
1: There was no empathy or sympathy, compassion. It was very sad. It was sad to watch. And even later in the episode when Smelly and Emily were talking about it, how they enjoy her more drunk and – just, you know, I mean, yes, you're allowed to make little snide comments like that. But I'm just kind of like, man, she is going through something. And it was obviously very serious. And there's just no empathy.
2: You can tell people who've been through tough times, uh, particularly on the show, by the way they've responded to what, what has happened. So Elizabeth, the new girl is out with Smelly and says, I would go with her to an AA meeting and smells like, I would never do that. That sounds terrible. And then Emily was talking to Gina. I was like, yeah, I mean, Brown once said that like her dad was an alcoholic and Gina goes, so was mine. And Emily immediately changes her tune. Like it was almost like, it felt like Emily was going to go down a road of either saying like, she's just using that because her dad was, I don't know what she, but like, you could see it change, but you could also see Like, those are probably the only two people that are actually going to try to, like, support her possibly for a little bit because everyone, like, I mean, Smelly is just kind of, like, over it. I feel like Emily just wants to fit in with this group. And if making fun of Bronwyn is the way to do it, she's going to do that.
1: A thousand percent. Couldn't agree more. And, like, ultimately the fight that they're focusing on is so dumb. I think about Potomac, which I'm really excited to dive into right after this but i think about potomac and how they just addressed shit head on like the Wendy karen fight like they just it, talked about it it yeah. was like then funny like, like they made light of it but this freaking lie thing it's a, the dumbest fight like who gives a fuck if she said her house is small it is small or sad whatever the sad yeah. part like it's just like so dumb like okay just agree to disagree over it. and move yeah. on. Like yeah. this is not need to be dragged on a couple, another couple of episodes. I, I do see where Gina is coming from, um, but it's just the Shannon thing. I'm like, just let it go. Just move on. Let it go. This is not the thing to die on. And I will say in that confrontation, I do wish Sean would have just stepped back as we've yeah. seen before. We saw it in Beverly Hills. They kind of explained it perfectly like when the husbands get involved like pk learned
2: (laughs) just don't get involved just yeah just stay out let the women deal with their shit i get it though i mean he saw i mean bronwyn was breaking down so i get a husband stepping in but it would have been easier maybe for the resolving of it had he not gotten involved um but you know i think I, i i like that he's trying to stand up for her i think it's interesting because we know that they have an uncommon marriage uh She recently said that he has moved back in, but there was a time when he wasn't living in the house and they were kind of like separated, but not, I don't really know how, like it's not your traditional marriage. So they're just kind of doing their own thing, but it was nice to see this like part of him supporting her and being there for her. He's going to an AA meeting with her. Like I, it's good to know she has a support system because she doesn't have much of it with the women on the show right now.
1: Absolutely. Did you find the editing weird? I couldn't tell if she truly went to the AA meeting the same day of the party. To me, if that felt like – it, because she was on the treadmill and saying she wanted to go to an AA meeting. It felt like the editing was, like, strange to me.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Like, I thought, like, she almost went to meet, like, from what we had been told from different people, that she was going to go to this AA meeting, like, immediately after the party. Um, So maybe she, like, jumped on the treadmill. Just, I, yeah, it felt choppy and felt kind of weird. But – um. I don't know. I think that could just be the editing part of it. One thing I will say though, the only thing that I noticed, uh, and I know you made a note about this too, is the corona jokes that Kelly Smelly had. Uh, you know, I think in the beginning when we all heard about this, like, you know, oh, there's a, a coronavirus in China, there was a sense of like, oh, it will never come here. So I get like not being worried or taking it seriously because I don't, I mean, I remember beginning of March or end of February, you and I, you know, we did a girls' or a couples' weekend in Colombia. We're at a basketball game. Like it was happening in Europe, parts of it, but it just hadn't really, it, it wasn't what we thought it was like turned into. So I get like not like being concerned and going out and living your life. And then two weeks later, I mean, we're all in lockdown, but I just thought it was interesting that Smelly's already making jokes like, oh, I don't have coronavirus. I have the Corona Del Mar virus. I kind of wish they would have shown like the
1: timeline.
2: Yeah. Was this like March 15th or was this like February 7th? I kind
1: of, it would be help. I mean, it would, I don't really want to relive the fucking COVID stuff, especially with smelly, but it would be interesting because you're absolutely right. I mean, in the beginning of the pandemic, whenever, before the lockdowns and before we had to quarantine and before we all wore masks, um, I was I will admit, like I was like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. Like, come on, people, we're you're exaggerating. Why are we running out of toilet paper? Like, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> Why are we going to Costco? And then I remember making my Costco run and because everyone else around me was panicky, I started panicking and then we went into lockdown mode and now it's November and here we are. <laughs> so uh it would be helpful
2: if they would show the time frame I feel. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd have a, maybe a little bit more understanding for not like taking it as seriously because I agree. I mean, I also feel like when shutdown first happened, our numbers weren't still weren't spiking. Like you know, it was all like flattening the curve or flattening the curve, and so there was a sense of like, oh, maybe we got ahead of it early enough and we're going to be okay. And then we slowly opened up, and now like here here we are, and numbers are spiking dramatically. So um, yeah, it's just it's weird to watch it. I don't like you. I don't really want to see it play out. I really hope. They're mindful of all that when they're like having them film at home during quarantine. I just hope they don't show us a lot of them complaining about not having their like nannies and housekeepers and not being able to go to hot yoga because it's just like the rest of the world really struggled. And I don't know if all of them did in the same way. Well, and, that and the really rest bad, of the world
1: but. is still struggling. I mean, there's so yeah. many people who've lost their jobs. I mean, I keep reading articles about so many women having to leave the workforce because they have yeah. to support their children and childcare. And so I hope they're mindful of that. I have a feeling they're not because these women tend to be in their own little bubble and don't have an <laughs> understanding <laughs> nope. of the world around them. So it's going to be cringeworthy, but you don't have to watch... We will continue to hate watch and fill you in.
2: But we you do need to watch Potomac. I mean, we'll obviously still fill you in, but God, it, it, it was back. I loved this episode. I thought there were two that were a lull. They were not bad. We were in a lull. I told you guys, I knew we would start climbing back up and we are starting to climb back up. And it started with... Maybe the best tea party. Have you ever gone to like um, a high tea at like those little tea- – like everyone – like every city has little tea places. Have you ever done it?
1: No, I've never done it. I'm not – I mean now I drink chai teas. That's a, In terms of um, adult coffee type drinks, chai teas is kind of where I go. I don't drink coffee. I've never been and I'm sure they probably have a chai tea. But I I just am not a tea drinker. So oh,
2: It's never not been. even the tea. I like – I don't love tea. I like – I'll drink it. Um, but it's just kind of fun to like sit down and have little like finger sandwiches and feel like prim and proper. I actually did it with my mother-in-law and sister-in-law like years ago. And it was really, really fun. But um, watching the women there, it was just kind of funny. I think like I didn't really know what any of it was going on either. They're like, what type of teas do you like? And it, I felt like they were kind of fish out of water too. But it was really fun just watching the, the, the dynamics of Giselle robin and karen like those three need to be together more
1: oh it's hilarious i love that karen's like okay the green-eyed bandits like what do they want like she knows (laughs) something's up immediately giselle needs to freaking write a book on how to stir the pot because she does it so well but she also like doesn't hide behind other people is what i respect about giselle when she's stirring the pot Like she owns up to it. Like Brenna could learn some things from Giselle and how to do it and do it in a manner where you kind of get in there, but it doesn't get super messy.
2: Yes. She's, I mean, it's an art. It truly is an art. And then, I mean, I know this happened towards the end of the episode. Everyone's memed up. All the memes are hilarious. I've loved it. (laughs) The Wendy impersonations. I mean, it just, it kept going on and we get, first we get Karen impersonate kind of the way Wendy was walking. Then we actually have uh, Robin and Giselle show Wendy how Karen impersonated Wendy walking. And then at the end, we have all of them doing that little slither. I mean, it was just I feel like that's the best part about Potomac is they all kind of can make fun of themselves. Oh,
1: 100 percent. I was laughing immediately in the beginning. That's what I love. These women can dish it out. There's drama, but they also laugh with each other, too. It doesn't get that serious. Like, I feel like a lot of of other franchises, like OC, had someone been making fun of the way Smelly walks, that would have turned into, like, a five-episode fight.
2: (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah. You know, a
1: five-episode fight, it would have been a huge thing. There would be no laughter from it. I'm like, this is – it's funny. Like, just laugh from it. And I appreciate Wendy Smart for laughing at it. And not making it more than it is. And granted, I do feel like the women would call her out. I feel like women would call her out.
2: Oh, yeah. But, I mean, Erica Jane couldn't even laugh at herself when they were doing the impersonations. Uh, You know, uh, it was Kyle and – mostly Kyle and Teddy. But then they all started doing an Erica Jane. Like, I'm fine. It's fine. And she got really annoyed by it. Yeah. So – it's, it's a special thing with Potomac for sure. It was but,
1: hilarious. Like I honestly, I might like rewatch those bits because this week has been a week for everyone and I, I could mean, use a little humor in that. So I might, I might rewatch those parts.
2: It's still a week. Like, I know it's, it's Friday, but I'm like, it's still a week. We're still in this week. It's, it's yeah. We're still
1: in this week. One moment and we've talked about Ashley Darby one, I love I th- her. I, I love feel her like right Ashley now. is a person. She's like one of the most fascinating housewives to me. It just she's got there's a lot, a lot of layers there. But her vulnerability, I will hundred percent always back her up on her willingness to be authentic and honest on camera. You don't see that with a lot of housewives, and she is willing to go there, even on the most embarrassing parts of her marriage. She is willing to talk about it and go there. And her conversation about postpartum depression was so brave of her to watch and to admit that she's not okay and that she is struggling. And uh, my heart just went out to her immediately and watching her because I know exactly what she's talking about, exactly how she's feeling. And she's helping so many other women by being that honest and that vulnerable and letting us in that conversation.
2: Yeah, and it was almost like she was realizing herself, like, that the fog hadn't lifted yet. Like, and I think sometimes that's, like, it's hard when you think, like, you don't realize you're still in it. And I think that's the hardest part about postpartum is, like, it's not always just two months or three months. It could be eight months. And as her therapist said, it could be a year. And I don't know, like, based on the comments from our posts, it just, I think it helps so many women. And then Ashley's comment back was so sweet. I I agree. She is low-key the most interesting housewife. You don't, on the surface, it just seems like, oh, here's, A beautiful woman who married an old rich man and there's just so much more to it and she shows so much of it and I I'm really starting to love her and appreciate her and I will say like she was not my favorite the first couple of seasons
1: oh no she was messy she also knows how to stir the pot (laughs) let's Ashley knows how to stir the pot and Ashley, though, I mean, I give her props for just showing it all. And yeah, she was really sweet. We had a post um, on our Instagram page, and I'm sure you all saw it, where we kind of talked about this. And I shared a little bit of my experience with postpartum and postpartum anxiety. And you don't realize how bad it is. Like Looking back and especially going, being in the postpartum period right now with my second, I see more clearly how bad of a state I was in because I'm in such a good place right now. Like it's – as I have spent a lot of time kind of reflecting and looking back, I'm like, holy crap, I was in a really dark place. And I mean, I'm sure you knew it when we spoke to each other and I would call you crying and um, opening up to you. But I mean, all I will say to any new mom that's listening, if you feel like it's more than the baby blues – I almost hate the term baby blues because it makes it feel – you hear that term and I feel like as women, you automatically assume it's going to be a short period thing. Like, yeah, that it's like
2: six weeks. I'll be okay. yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's not always like that. So I, I hate the term, the baby blues, but if you are struggling and you're having a hard time, like as women, we don't always have to take it all on ourselves. There's a reason why they say it takes a village, ask for help, ask for support. You're not weak you're it's going to make you you're going to take the steps to get better and to get the help and support that you need like don't suffer in silence
2: and I would say to also to anyone like you know someone who's recently had a baby like sometimes there's that weird period of like oh I haven't talked to somebody in six months I will tell you there is no new mom in this world that will be like why did this person reach out and ask me how I'm doing those type of texts mean so much I had someone that like I was like friendly within college, like we, we like would see each other out. And then occasionally in St. Louis would run into each other. And she just kind of saw that I had posted that i had had a baby and sent me a message on Instagram and just said, I struggled so hard with postpartum that whenever I see someone I remotely know have a baby, I just want them to know that they can reach out and talk to me. And I have to tell you like that to me meant the world and meant volumes. And I was I don't want to say I was okay. I mean, it's hard when you first have a baby, but I didn't struggle with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. It did kind of like the fog lifted for me once I, my baby started sleeping through the night, which I was lucky was pretty early with my first, but I continue talking to this person. It was just nice having somebody who cared. And so I would just say anyone out there, like if you have a friend or a neighbor who's had a new baby, especially in a pandemic, just text them, say, how are you doing? Or just like, Send them like a hey, I was watching this show, I think you would love it. It'd be great to binge while you know you're on the couch because you're not leaving your house. Uh, I just there's a lot you can do to support women, um, and I think Ashley is like bringing light to that, which is awesome,
1: absolutely. And I need to do more of this. I think sometimes we always ask, Is there anything we can do? Is there anything I can do to help? And let st- don't ask, just help, like bring the food, do the things that you're wanting to do. I, I know I've gonna be a lot more mindful of that, especially just having gone through um a baby in the NICU and stuff. But don't ask, just act. And I think no one's no one's ever gonna reject that additional support or help.
2: Yeah. No, like you'll never have someone be like, what a bitch for offering to help me. Like, (laughs) but there is a sense of like there's people I don't know that well anymore. I'm like, ooh, should I reach out? And what I've realized from multiple things in life, it's like you reach out. Like nobody ever gets mad at you for reaching out to just check on in on them. So uh, there's a little life lesson. The more you know, hopefully. The you can more see
1: the- you know.
2: <laughs> I hope everyone can see the rainbow with the shooting star. But I will say, then we pivot back into kind of, so we have Robin's hat photo shoot. <laughs> Which, you love these
1: hats. You're laughing right now, but you are going to buy one of these embellished or not embezzled embellished know
2: When they called it embezzled, I was like, ooh, awkward timing with the tax issues. No, I'm totally buying one. I am waiting for a Black Friday sale. I'm also kind of wondering, do I just reach out to Robin and see if she would send me some? I think she might. I think she would. Um, I feel like you need, yeah. I, I mean, I'm totally buying a hat, though. Like, no. But I was dying at the photo shoot because I felt like some of these women... It was just funny. I think some of them really thought they were models and they were taking it kind of seriously. And it's like, I think she just wanted real women like smiling and like laughing together. And I, but it turned out very cute. I thought the photo. She the did.
1: hats are, I mean, they are pretty cute. They're not for me, but they are cute. They're actually, they're pretty cute.
2: I mean, I'll find you one that you'll like. Don't yeah, worry. No,
1: I'm sure. I'm sure you will. We're going to, we're about to get our first cast trip. So I'm glad that Ashley, as she's talking about coming out of that fog, she says, you know, maybe I need to get away and go on a trip. And I was very happy when she shared that news with the women that Wendy learned and didn't shame her about baby Dean.
2: Yes, I thought it was perfect. Because like when she said, I'm not bringing him, everyone was like, good, you need this. And like supported her. Not like, oh, thank God. Why Like, why do you bring him everywhere? Which was kind of like the reception she got when she brought him to the the lake house. So that was much better. And I also thought it was interesting that she – was talking to Giselle and decided not to invite Monique, um, which I feel like Monique really isn't filming with the women right now, which we heard that was going to happen. But uh, I I think there's going to be – it's going to be a shift because there's definitely like Karen and Ashley who are a little bit more team Monique and everyone else is not. So I'm curious to see how Portugal goes.
1: Yes, a thousand percent. And before we get to Portugal, Wendy's like – I'm going to address these comments and the slithering that you're doing and talking about all my degrees. Oh, I, how could I forget the degrees? Oh. I love the production brought up. I feel like it could be a drinking game, really. Like how many times they needed to kind of do this in these housewives episodes. Like every time a housewife mentions, you know, like Monique, at one point it was her houses and um, anytime Giselle says at the end of the, it's just, you say at the end of the day a lot, she says something. word on the the street word on the street that's what it is word on the street and with wendy it's like i have four degrees i love the editing on that but i will say when wendy confronted karen i felt like karen don't mess with the grand dame because i felt like she read her pretty good i really love that she said common sense is a saving grace
2: And I like that she was like, I don't have to have degrees to be a successful business person. I am an entrepreneur and I've been, I've done just well without a degree. Like I kind of, I get Wendy being proud, but I feel like she kind of shifted it into like the way it was being talked about. And I liked that Karen defended herself. I also liked though, that Karen is so smart with these women and she's been around long enough to know that like, yeah, Wendy was mad at Karen, but who told Wendy all this? So she's like, I'm going to kind of go easy on Wendy. But I've got my eyes on Giselle because I know that's what told her. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, Karen thinks three steps ahead. Like she is, you know, they talk about like LVP was like playing chess with Bobby Fischer. Karen is Bobby Fisher, like in a good way. Like she can see the board and she she reads like no one else. It's amazing. It's
1: amazing. And I just love her so much. It's so entertaining to me. It's just very over the top. I think Karen is one of those people you probably either like or you don't, but I am here for it. I love how she owns up to stuff. She doesn't back down. She can handle confrontation without even really raising her voice. Like it's, there's an art to what the Grand Dom does. And I am here for it, and I love her for it.
2: Yes. I love it so much. And I can't wait for Portugal. It's going to be amazing. So, Um, But that wraps up the week, which brings us to our shout-out. And I feel like we have to give our shout-out to the women of Salt Lake. We got to meet them at kind of like a Zoom premiere. We saw the first episode. I mean, it's going to be good. Personally, I already love Heather Gay, and I love Whitney Rose. Those two I think are going to be my girls.
1: Yes, they are amazing. If you want to hear more details about that happy hour, that event that we got to attend with the Salt Lake Women, please check out our Patreon page, ww.patreon slash Real Moms of Bravo. Any additional income, you guys, we do this for fun and because we love it, but we're it's not like we're making tons of money off of doing this. We do it because we enjoy it and we've received such great reception but any additional support that we can receive can only help us in the future as we try to grow and determine what's next for us. So we really appreciate that additional support. And another way to support us if you don't necessarily want to go down the Patreon route is leaving a five-star review or a actual written review. We love those two. We accept both. Really? I mean, we'll take it all. We're so close to being five stars again, so if you could take 60 seconds and do that, we would really appreciate it. And as always, we've got we've always got stuff up our sleeves and we will catch you all next week.